These are my post-American studies We watch for rising waters Surprised by dry lightning Fire season comes early I no longer wanna die fighting A middle finger for the gainfully employed What is a man but a thing to be destroyed My b-boy stand to the buffalo stands Damn it feels good to be going extinct Washing fresh potatoes and carrots in the sink like I give a fuck what you think I screamed death to America When it happened to tear it up, froze up Had to look hard in the mirror You never know you're ready for war Until you cock it You never know how good you got it So you say fuck it Let the chips fall, it's a sick world I ain't selling a cure So many plague doctors sold snake oil here before But before it's too late, plot your escape If you're not careful, this beast will drag you to the brink this is my institute for post-American studies Calluses on my lips, my throat been bloodied From screaming into empty buildings with people in them Mass organizing till mass media undid them Every gesture is a ripple, this is true, but truthfully Fuck the dead white men in my library Nowadays there's only one book I can read Post-American studies I need glasses I need a million dollars to wipe my ass with I need New England liberals to be less classist I need my fellow revolutionaries To stop LARPing and start packing Gandhi and Walnut died I don't have dogs anymore But when I'm in my garden Catch me chilling with a dinosaur Used to want a flamingo on my front lawn I got one Old dreams dead and gone Now it's just me and a blue hair on Digging a dad is some real shit Lately it's been like carrying fam through the desert Wondering if we'll all make it I can't fall if I do they'll be fatherless And I'm still trying to figure out what a father is The United States Most sociopathic actors Hide behind American flags and blue life matter banners And I ain't talking about the cops Won't shot from that Talking about your racist uncle who kills ants With a magnifying glass I mean really, why is that? Until we sort it out, it's non-stop civil conflict We'll traumatize comrades, shout each other down Cause we feel powerlessness of it all I'll be drinking the coffee while it lasts Or yo pawn tea for caffeine When there's no more coffee beans Sorry if I don't reply to your texts I'm busy with these post-American studies Damn, it feels good to be a college dropout Who never even saw his high school degree But don't cry for me, not a tear will be shed by the rising seas These post-American studies And we won't need big agriculture, we can farm the trees After this, we won't need social workers or psychiatry Word to Sage Francis, this life could be so easy these post-American studies My vantage point, the edge of empire For now the land of pine trees Where I learned to actually do something Instead of just being somebody Nowadays there's only one book I can read These post-American studies It's written all around me Scrawled on beach whales and flooded streets In my country to see is not to believe Shame on y'all These post-American studies And that's the title track from the brand new album by Soul and DJ Payne One. That is Post-American Studies. Welcome to Polyrical, a podcast of political music, a topical solution for the abolition revolution. A soundtrack for the resistors, the agitators, and the fighters 
working for a better world. If you want to make a recommendation or send me a message, you can head over to polyrical.com. You'll find a link there to send an email. You'll also find a link there to recommend a song, a topic, or an artist for a future episode. There's some links there as well to make a donation. You can make a one-time or recurring donation to keep this podcast free and independent. Next up, here's another brand new album. Uh, This album I heard about in a tweet. Thanks to Deem the Artist for tweeting. Uh, This album's by Pink Williams, or this song is. This new album is called Country Songs for a Broken Country. And I bought this on the spot when I started to read the track listings, the track names. And one of those songs was called, Which Site Are You On? As in like website. It's a great song, but that's not what I'm going to play for you now. This from the album Country Songs for a Broken Country by Pink Williams. This is Misguided Sense of Freedom. Guided sense of freedom won't mean shit when we're all dead. Don't pretend you give a damn, just tell the truth instead. When you refuse to take advice, the CDC has said. Your heart is just as empty as your head. Your heart is just as empty as your head. Hospitals are filling up beyond capacity. Folks around the country are dying needlessly. The right you think you have to behave recklessly is stopping other folks from being free. stopping other folks from being free how can you make public health a political thing don't you understand the consequence your actions bring It really ain't an issue of the right or the left wing. It's about caring for other human beings. Don't you care for other human beings? 
You turned vaccinations into a freedom fight. Endangering your neighbor cause you think you have the right. Ignoring common sense has become our nation's blight. How do anti-vaxxers sleep at night? How do anti-vaxxers sleep at night? Your misguided sense of freedom won't mean shit when we're all dead. And that will bring us to our topic of the episode. The topic of the episode for this episode is abolition. If you've been listening for a little while, you might remember back on episode 126, I did a whole episode on prison abolition. So this is kind of, it's relative. It's definitely covers the same topic, but I think from a a bit broader perspective than that episode did. First up, here's a part of an article written by Karis Clark. It's called Abolition Is. This was published at michigandaily.com. Abolition is the compromise. As the state-sanctioned extrajudicial murders of marginalized people continue on and on, it becomes more and more clear that abolition is the only answer. Much like black abolitionist Ruth Wilson Gilmore once asserted, quote, Abolition is about presence, not absence. It's about building life-affirming institutions. In order for us to fully understand what abolition is, however, we must first understand what it is not. Abolition is not the mere defunding, but the complete removal and deconstruction of not only the police, but of all forms of policing. This includes, as black abolitionist and organizer Mariam Kaba describes, quote, family regulation through the child welfare system, the, quote, soft policing of probation, and parole. It includes the Immigrant and Customs Enforcement and the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, whose role in enforcing a fascist fictional border continues to create ongoing conflict and chaos for immigrant families. All of these agencies, organizations, and systems of oppression contribute to the cruel surveillance and over-policing of marginalized communities. When we talk about policing, we must include them in our dialogues as well. Abolition is also not focused on the punishment of individual police officers and law enforcement officials, as these calls for indictments and arrests not only shift the focus away from the root cause of a systemic problem, as well as seek to throw racist killer cops in prisons disproportionately full of black and brown people, but define and confine justice in terms of an already unjust legal system in which incarceration and imprisonment is the solution. Finally, 
Abolition is not a one and done ordeal. It is an ongoing evolving process with the liberation and self-determination of all peoples in mind. And we'll get back to this piece after we hear a couple of songs. And the reason that abolition is the topic for this episode is uh, Taina Asili's brand new song and project called Abolition. This is a little bit from the website. After many months of a beautiful labor of love, I am excited to present the official release of Abolition, a song and documentary short from the Social Justice Portal Project, which I composed and directed, capturing the spirit of the growing movement for prison and police abolition in the United States. The film shares my original song and examines the visions and practices of abolitionist activists, Dereka Purnell, Grisa Martinez-Rosas, and Aislinn Pulley. Abolition invites viewers to envision abolition not only as the absence of police, prisons, and detention centers, but as an opportunity to imagine possibilities for building more peaceful and just communities. Here is Abolition by Taina Asili.
You can almost choke on the strange, seductive smoke evoked by lies the mirror hides. The sleight of hand fans the flames of deception, singeing the truth in the cleverest of fashion and then sold as baked goods, apple pie sweet, just enough to pamper a pauper's palate. And we feast fast because we've got that human hunger, soul starved, spirit searching to be fed anything that feels good. And truth be told, lies feel good, right? like a cherry tree myth. And America's lies, seasoned with cunning deceit and sauteed with just enough arrogance to be addictive, make us feel good about ourselves as we lead the world of the free. So we lead with an incarcerated count of 2.3 million. That's more bars than Tariq Trotter styling free on that Calvin Broadus weed. Caught up in a deep rock Chopra type flow. <laughs> America knows how this fascinating infatuation goes with seeing those we deem guilty suffer. Strange fruit hung. Black bodies swung service of great white lies. Dripping blood, spectating eyes could never see seep into the soil of our conflicted humanity. Notice how we respond quicker to justice, real or perceived, 
much quicker than we are soothed by the scattered seeds of restoration. I mean, sure, at its core, we believe in rehabilitation, but as a society, really, we believe in punishment more. So we fool ourselves into believing that prisons are built to be a place where bad apples get restored. That the same prison system put in place to enslave post-Civil War is supposed to promote progress in healing whatever harms put people within arm's reach of the unfortunate side of the law. Where wounds reopen, scabs get ripped raw, rights stripped, tight lip screams, tight ship memes, freedom only belongs to the daringest of dreamers. Prison is where the dope and dopamine addicts go to get treated by being mistreated. Repeatedly defeated by a system that tries to rehabilitate a life of crime while at the same time breeds it. When the prison pipeline is hungry, the courts and even schools feed it. Gourmet, flambe, however the system needs it. Oh, how privatization savors the flavor of cheap prison labor. Reclaimed, roasted slave trade, tossed in the mush of unrefined modern-day meat sauce. While we continue to bear the cost of a broken system the DOC can't even correct. The required steps for true transformation hardly get met. The concept of restorative justice becomes one of neglect. And recidivism is where private prisons collect on their hedge bets. So... How can we expect re-entry into society by the incarcerated who've been deprived of their dignity, disenfranchised, cast aside, and expect them to live normal lives when gainful employment is as elusive as Lady Justice's blind eye? The justice system is broken and sick, and as in need of rehabilitation as the citizens, it fails to rehabilitate. So imagine if there was more stake in taking stock of society's symptoms before the sickness set in. And we cared more about prevention than vengeful, vindictive detention. You know, imagine instead of a punishment ban, we aid in healing the ills of education. And we took a stand against the economic inequity upon which our country runs. Reallocate funds to create a society where Self-love suffices. Eradicate all societal vices. And in the end, we all win. Imagine that. Imagine that. But can you imagine that? How do we... How do we... How do we... Imagine justice and imagine justice and imagine justice in a very different context. Justice that's not based on vengeance, but justice that's made on repairing the relationships that are uh, damaged uh, uh, through uh, harm. It's a long-term plan, obviously. <laughs> very long-term plan. Very long-term. But can you imagine that? But can you imagine that?
And that track was Malcolm Jamal Warner with Comfort Food. So back to the story, the piece by Karis Clark. What abolition is, is the demilitarization of communities, specifically black and brown communities. It is the ending of asset forfeiture programs. It is a removal of police from schools, the ending of zero tolerance policies, and the deconstruction of the carceral school-to-prison nexus. It is a repeal of truancy laws that disproportionately punish working poor families. Abolition is the decriminalization of criminalized survival tactics, notably one that target unhoused populations, such as panhandling, soliciting, camping, loitering, and other actions committed by disenfranchised peoples as a result of the conditions imposed on them by late-stage capitalism. Abolition is the dismantling of the prison industrial complex, which establishes a profit motive for their surveillance, incarceration, and continued growth of the carceral state in favor of capital. Abolition is an international affair, transcending borders to recognition of the immense harm done by nation law enforcement, by national law enforcement, and supranational intelligence agencies, such as the Federal Bureau of Investigation and Central Intelligence Agency, which play a role in harming marginalized communities and destabilizing countries within the Global South. In this vein, abolition, apart from being vehemently anti-capitalist, is anti-imperialist as well. Taking into account the massive role the U.S. military plays in policing around the world, contributing to harm all over the planet. But the deconstruction of these systems on the local, state, national, and international levels is not where abolition ends. Abolition is, in tandem with this deconstruction, the construction and the creation of communal social institutions that prevent harm and foster collective decision-making. It is a rejection of the rugged individualism instilled in us by white supremacy and late-stage capitalism and an investment in communal support networks, such as neighborhood councils and crisis centers. It is an armed proletariat capable of defending and protecting themselves through self-defense training and de-escalation tactics. Abolition is reparations. It is the restoration and rehabilitation of disenfranchised communities. It is the acknowledgement that, as American activist Jay Sakai states in their seminal text, Settlers, we are living in a settler colonial state whose prosperity has historically and currently been predicated on the, quote, super exploitation of the oppressed. It is a recognition that the expropriated labor of indigenous and African peoples has paved the path for centuries of accumulated capital and generational wealth in the hands of Euro-American settlers, none of which has been reconciled or returned to its rightful owners. Finally, abolition is a practice. It involves us destroying the cop inside our own mind and becoming more conscious of our notions and tendencies to police the actions of others, notably marginalized individuals. We must seek to remove what philosopher Michael Foucault describes in the preface of Guy Deleuze and Philippe Guattari's Anti-Oedipus as, quote, the fascism in us all, in our heads and in our everyday behavior. The fascism that causes us to love power, to desire the very thing that dominates and exploits us. 
Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors outlines in her article, Abolition and Reparations, 12 principles she practices as an abolitionist. They are as follows. 1. Have courageous conversations. 2. Commit to response versus reaction. 3. Experiment. Nothing is fixed. 4. Say yes to one's imagination. 5. Forgive actively versus passively. 6. Allow oneself to feel. 7. Commit to not harming or abusing others. 8. Practice accountability for harm causes. 9. Embrace non-reformist reforms. 10. Build community. 11. Value interpersonal relationships. 12. Fight the U.S. state and don't make it stronger. Reflecting on what these principles mean to us personally and how we can actualize them in our day-to-day lives is a fundamental first step along our path to abolition. But as stated earlier, we must not forget that abolition is an ongoing, evolving process. Though it is the path, the destination, it is also the journey as well. Abolition is here and now, and it is in the far and distant future. It is not a solution. It is the solution. It is the compromise. Here is the truth off the album, The People's Music. This is The Injustice System. There are obviously tens of thousands of innocent people currently languishing in prison in the United States. And so the Innocence Project is in a race against time. Time. They say criminals should be locked in prison But they living in a big house that's white It's not right, we gotta fight They don't lock up corporate criminals that ruin the planet Jails filled with non-violent offenders And it's tragic Mistreated, got media how they treated like animals Corporations invading countries like cannibals for capital The actual conditions in prison ain't meant for living It's like torture, they give it with night fights and listeners the rehabilitation or correction or direction It's corruption, they got gangs They can stop the way it's running Inmates coming out worse They immersed in dysfunction Prison abolition is written on by animals Gotta stop the profit and in prison get driven and change this yeah. Societal conditions causing equality and robbery Technology is something that's not distributed properly to America One can afford the right lawyer's price The other goes to jail for like 25 to life Not given rehabilitation and incarceration The United States is the only democracy on this planet that executes its prisoners There is still the idea that if you've been arrested, you did something. It's no escape. It's all about profit. No stopping rape in this place. They give no contraception for protection. So you know AIDS is spreading, infected with no discretion. They never gave reparations for slavery and bad habits. It's packed with mostly blacks and Hispanics. It's riddled with a lot who got time that's innocent. I start to explain with the hurricane's pain. It's a shame. It's so much racism in the system. Daryl Hunt was innocent but served 20 years in prison. His innocence was presented with DNA evidence. Similar things often happen. It happened to Charles Chapman, it happened to Alden Logan, there's so many we don't know in Philly we've been calling for them to let Mamiya go and Mandela the 27 in a place that's like the opposite of heaven Rockefeller drug laws is used as a weapon in deception of detention How come these men are free? Free. free. Because DNA testing proved that they didn't do it 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 
Discrimination in the past readily is left present Evidently you can see they should end the death penalty yeah. They ready with the facts and what happened to Aaron Patterson The Innocence Project helps the innocent to shackle it movie after innocence, after you witness it You see the significance of changing the whole system It's the real Shawshank Redemption that needs attention Your pile of Arizona should be locked in detention yeah. Feeds inmates ride the food, makes them stay in high tents Cops get take orders from this demonic sheriff's desk Many inmates on death row was exonerated Showing the penalty of death can't be tolerated to have the right funds, get the records expunged It's a plunge of insanity A system that has to be changed up dramatically Factually, it's actually one of the worst ways of not acting democratically It's torture and solitary, prisoner abuse is not very Conducive to solutions is quite the contrary It's way too overcrowded, but do they care? I doubt it Cause it's not about logic, it's that they pocket in the profit in. Because you're actually nothing All you are is something locked in a cage back and forth every day Naturality, all our family should be up here with us because they all suffer. For every one of us up here, there's hundreds more in prison that don't belong here. Everything in life is wonderful, and then one day somebody comes up and tells a lie on you and you end up in jail. I had to fight despite lawyers, despite prosecutors who tried to destroy evidence. I had to fight, I had to fight, I had to fight, I had to fight. My mom and dad spent over $150,000 on lawyer fees. That was their retirement money. I'm not just trying to get compensation for me. I'm trying to get compensation for the guys that come out before me, for the guys that's going to come out after me. You see, this is my reason, my reason. Hey, my when you reason. see any justice, you, you must step up and do something about it. And that's what we're trying to do out here now. And that's really paying the ultimate price A much better world has potential to grow It is a better world that we are building now We're building it now people on the march ain't sitting down We ain't sitting down It's a better life that we deserve to live We deserve to live Can you picture a better world? You know you're doing right when more and more they talk shit An indication that your attention's stopping Loads of talking, but the majority will never do the walking. I'm a man of action, not merely words. And all the nonsense they spew is absurd. Do they not understand they feel the fire? And the revolutionaries don't retire. This the start of a more militant me. I'm not on defensive, I'm gonna be. 
front line, it's your door with conviction. Center stage going in with precision. Fake rappers wanna imitate a fantasy. That shit is backwards, they need to be on minor league. Intrigue never, and yes, I need the cheddar, but it's all about survival, not a bougie type of measure. Much better world has potential to grow. It's a And wrapping up our set of songs on Abolition, that was Marcel Cartier from the album History Will Absolve Us. That was A Better World featuring Big Frizzle. And now a few words. Here's a few words from Jesse Jett from the album The Coming of Spring. This is Less Than Understanding. I think that it takes something less than understanding to assist in lending rationale to politicians, justifying, obstinately blocking out our voices and turning from the needs we've been consistently demanding. And sometimes all it takes to knock us out when we're awake is just some positive strategic branding. Democracy is always greener where the drones are landing, notwithstanding human damage. We've seen time and time again how little most Americans concern themselves with matters of the foreign and collateral. We've been told that war is something practical. So who would have guessed that half a million deaths were not a tragedy, but really something tactical? But really, did you think you'd see an honest show of grief from those who've only stomached peace in brief war room sabbaticals? Stocking up munitions like crusading Christians here to save this failing fascist system from some 20-something radicals. They'd have you believe the people fighting for your basic needs, your human rights and dignities are really Russian sleeper cells. They're so bent on putting us to sleep, they never sleep themselves. Anything to starve us out to guarantee that they can always feed themselves. Anyone to blame so they can dodge a little heat themselves. Anyone to burn in times of need so they can heat themselves. And most will live and die and never know a day of luxury and leisure like these bloated corpses decadently treat themselves. So I'm for barricading them inside until they eat themselves. I'm for building walls around our leaders so they really have to meet themselves and see what they've become while they've been feeding on the hungry. And when we place the last brick blocking out the sun, we'll tell them, we don't fucking want you, you can keep yourselves. Consider it a blessing that we've left you in the dark so you can't see yourselves. Now begins a lifetime of fumbling in the black, looking for the bootstraps we said you'd need to free yourself. <laughs> Obviously that was false, but funny how you fall for all the tricks you used to teach yourself. Funny that the speech was so effective you had zero recollection that you wrote the fucking speech itself. Funny you've been pointing fingers saying immigrants are leeches, buddy, you're the fucking leech yourself. Maybe do us all a favor and delete yourself. If all that you can offer is our slow, neglectful slaughter, we don't need your help. You may not believe it, Mr. President, but we don't need a helping hand to kill ourselves. So what a stroke of luck for you, since you'll do all that Trump would do that you can just perpetuate his hate and never have to write the bill yourself. 
And what a stroke of luck for us that you lack half a brain to write the bill yourself. Because the crime bill is bloody proof enough that any time you had your druthers, you outdid yourself. And legalized abuse, the scars of which this country may not ever rid itself. But mark my words, if there should come a day the scars fade, then America will quickly wash away the true dishonor that it did itself. 2008, I made a resolution not to ever kid myself. 2016, I knew the utter fear of seeing what the world was turning into when I finally had a kid myself. 2021, I sit here staring at my son, and when he offers up a hug, I'm just a frightened little kid myself. Shake it off, it's just another talk I'll have to give myself. It's just something less than understanding. It's the part of me I keep restrained who's foaming at the brain and chewing through the metal banding. Flying through my future fears and never cleared for landing. 2021, I'm sitting staring at my son and I am suddenly informed by something more than understanding. The thought that if I pick this spot in history to take the side of silence and complicity, his life would be the more impacted. So no, I don't oppose the fascists because I smell a victory on the air. I oppose them because I cannot see them everywhere and offer no reaction. And I will tell my son that in the war I wield a verbal gun that shits on fascist satisfaction. And hope he knows his dad defends his future with his every passion. And that'll bring us to our artist of the episode. The artist of the episode for this episode is Lily Lewis. Here's a bit from lilylewis.com. Lily Lewis is, one, a squishy humanist who loves pianos. Two, a creator of hashtag orange music, distant, more sober cousin of the blues. Three, singer of songs, quote, for the people, who sometimes likes to get loud about it. Four, New Orleans singer-composer of rare grace and grit. As the story goes, Lily Lewis should never have been. Before she was born, Lewis's mother was told her baby probably wouldn't survive due to lung trouble. So the fact that Lewis now makes a living singing with those same lungs is a gift she never takes for granted. Lewis uses her voice to bring what she calls sacred songs into profane spaces. And though she's abandoned trying to define her sound, she hopes her audiences leave shows knowing two things, that they are brilliant as they are, and that they have the ability to use that brilliance to make a better world. Trained as an opera singer and classic pianist, Georgia native Lewis has been a composer, producer, and performer for over two decades. After carving out space as an African-American queer woman of size, Lewis's career has culminated in her album Americana, being a top pick everywhere, from NPR's All Songs Considered to Rolling Stone. The folk rock diva is a musical polyglot who glides easily between folk, roots, country soul, gospel, and jazz, as integrated New Orleans traditions by singing lead for Dirty Dozen Brass Band founding member Kirk Joseph's Backyard Groove. Lewis's Louisiana Red Hot Records releases include The Henderson Sessions, We Belong, and Americana. And here's an excerpt from an interview conducted by Andrew Daly, published at vwmusicrocks.com. And Andrew asks, In my opinion, minority artists do not get enough credit in the world of folk music. 
In reality, black artists are more or less the originators of folk music. Would you agree? Why don't you why do you feel minority artists are so overlooked with a, within the genre of folk? Is it lack of general awareness or lack of proper media attention or both? Lily. Folk music means different things depending on where you are. For example, I noticed that at folk conferences, indigenous music from around the world counts as folk, and music that represents a specific geography counts as folk. But in the U.S. and in markets impacted by U.S. definitions of folk, the music of black people has been systematically sectioned off over the last 100 years or so. It might have started with the invention of, quote, race records as a genre. But honestly, even that was just a function of how aggressively separatist white America has always been. Our segregated America has meant that those in power have been willing to borrow and steal our art, but then uninvite us from the table when they named and commodified it. If we look at what happened in housing, we see that when public housing was built to serve the working class, regardless of race, housing, quote, projects were integrated. Later, when suburbs were built, only white families were allowed to move into those properties. Communities were built for whites only, segregated by way of federally backed redlining, banking and insurance and insurance practices. Urban centers now largely black became stigmatized and forgotten. Later, we faced gentrification when the moneyed and white began to take advantage of low property value and refurbished lands they once abandoned, bringing about a degree of, quote, erasure for the communities whose cultures once defined this space. This can be the story of any minority group, but I think it's especially true of black culture in America. We were essentially redlined out of the art we originated, and the shame and stigma of that by folks who later occupied the cultural space we inhabited was never reconciled. I don't know that we can say black people invented folk music because everyone who landed on American soil brought their folk traditions with them. That said, we are the originators of a lot of traditions folded into the folk music lexicon, like bluegrass, blues, roots, country, and Americana. Our presence in these genres were bought out wholesale, and our contributions were subsequently blotted out. I know that my language here may seem loaded, but I don't actually intend that to be so. I'm simply trying to present a sober account of what happened to the black presence in folk music. It is this context that brought about the lack of awareness and lack of proper media attention. Now when I go to folk festivals and ask my audiences to define what folk music is, they discount every genre associated with black people, even though they have white artists at the same event playing the very music they discounted. And as of yet, no one has once brought up the invention of quote race records or attempted to contend with how that might have impacted their perception what folk music is or who is allowed to define it from her latest album americana this is lily lewis with the great divide
Yeah. 
and also from the album Americana, that was Wrecking Ball. Here's a little more of the interview. The idea for Americana came with the birth of the song, If It Were You. This was during the Kids in Cages crisis in 2020, and I just found myself unable to reconcile the dismissive, at best, ways in which I heard people talking about the circumstances. A lot of times when I feel helpless, songs come along to try to help me understand what I'm feeling. I couldn't understand that at all, so the opening lyric was, I don't know anything about this. By the time I got to the second verse, I realized I did know a little about the desperation that could lead to uprooting your family, but I never had any intention of singing the song because it was too transparent, sat too close to the bone especially since, melodically, I was telling it from a child's voice. Toy Derricott, a decorated poet I look up to and have the honor of befriending once, said that with my art, it's imperative that I do what, that I do what scares me the most. So once I committed myself to singing it, I knew I wanted to find other songs to dress it up. A few short weeks later, the album, Closer, My American Heart, Benediction, showed up after waking from a dream. What I liked about these songs is they reminded me of a style I used to find myself writing a lot before I moved to New Orleans. They were more story-driven than backbeat, and I realized that I had a lot of orphaned songs like that demoed out that had never been appropriately produced. I started making a list and discovered that not only was there an album there, but there was a unifying theme. All of the songs represented stories I'd been collecting during my walk as a, quote, intersectional American meaning one who occupies a lot of marginalized spaces, and that many of these kind of stories are often not told in my chosen genre of Americana. They may get told in the folk world, with which I also very much identify, but usually in a more from an observer's lens, not so much from the first-person point of view. That gave me the silly idea that the record could be more than just a vanity, but something that might prove to be of use in the context of the, quote, difficult conversation, we as a society found ourselves in confrontation with in the wake of what appeared to be a morality-free president seated during a deadly pandemic coupled with George Floyd's murder. It took nearly a year to produce, but I'm really happy that we took our time with it and that each song, each story, found its own voice. Once again, from the album Americana, this is the track, If It Were You. I don't know anything about what it would take To make a father pull his daughter out of school And say, today we're going far away Never to return if God is willing We will cross more than a thousand miles Before our journey's over Through the river, over hills There will be moments when you feel it can't go Can you tell me how the time comes A beast that swallows bodies whole Bodies and their babies become fodder for our ratings And discarded long before it became possible to name them all Impossible to name any of their names at 
my country has been at war. It's a matter of survival, my leader says. I'm a victim of chance and a crossfire between good and the other. The answer must be in defense. What did he say? Revenge. Oh, what did he say? And wrapping up our set of songs by Lily Lewis, that was Turn It Around from the album, The Henderson Sessions. Here's Midnight Oil. They also have a brand new album out. Lots of new albums on this episode. This is from the album Resist. This is the song We Resist.
putting flowers into guns This is not the summer of love Throwing tea into the sea Indigenous apology Only if We resist It's a storm Without end Where's the lighthouse a friend come to think it can't last only if we resist
And that'll just about wrap up this episode of Polyrical. Remember, you can go to polyrical.com. You can listen to all the back episodes there. Also find those links to contact me or make a recommendation. You can also follow on Twitter at Polyrical. You can listen to this podcast and all my podcasts playing 24-7 at movingtrainradio.com. Wrapping it all up this episode, this is from the album, the compilation album, great compilation album called If It Was Easy, They Wouldn't Call It a Struggle. This is Juggernaut with Burn It Down. Thanks for listening. Searching and searching around Now we're virgin on a version of a virgin sound We're returning to the ceiling into serving crowds Been asked if I'm just hitting but I turned around These words I've heard the birds when I burnt my crown Not you are the blurs hound Turn to clown You're trying to turn to the knowledge but I turned you down Already learned about earning what you're learning now I could run happily through a whole world of anarchy The government and monarchy in a world of pain and agony Fed up of people in power blatantly blagging me That's so deceitful and sour And so, so sad to see Is it all ours? Is it our fantasy? Is it all ours? Is it all our fantasy? Freedom is it ours? Is it our fantasy? Is it all ours? Is it all our fantasy? Now we're virgin on a vision of a virgin sound Cause we're turning the discernment into serving crowds I mean that's if I'm just sitting by turns around These words I've learned to burn and I've earned my crown No, you were the bloodhound Turn to clown You're trying to turn to the knowledge but I turned you down Already learned about earning what you're learning now You should be learning how to burn it down Wipe the slate clean to start again Safe in the knowledge that we 
will recreate what was only better. And why not revel in the devastation? So you should be learning how.